0: I'm Charlie Taylor. I'm Ben Carter, I run hip hop by the numbers on Twitter. I use hip hop statistics to highlight the bigger picture.
1: And I'm the director of the Fifth Element, while I highlight the fifth hip hop, which is knowledge. Whose world is this? This man, it's my Whose world is this? This thing. In it, just dipping in it, just cooking up a little thing. So, um, you, you could, you could have, you know, hop in and go like, the world is yours. Worst. You could have. you could have done some. There, yeah, I could have. I could have. Is what it I've is. Got, no, yeah. yeah.
0: I, don't know. I thought could've. you didn't know we were having a jam session at 7 a.m. on a Monday morning. You know. <laughs> Charlie's lit. Charlie's <laughs> been awake all day. I huh? only just hey, fucking man. woke
1: up. We're, we're- when you when are you going to have a jam session? If not seven a.m. in on a Monday,
0: that's true, man. That's <laughs> that feels like point. the
1: perfect time to have a jam session. Perfect time. <sighs> so what's Excuse happening, you, Charlie? Is that like the perfect time for me? <laughs> Shut up. What's happening? A, 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 a hectic day. Hectic day. That's all I have to say just, just, just nothing. It's fine. Just it's all good now. It's been a hectic day, I'm I'm just, I'm just. Um, I'm running on fumes, so if I sound like I'm running on fumes, I'm running on fumes. So I just want to just just lay that out there. I'm running on fumes. But it is what it is. We're going to get through it. And uh, the words of uh, Daniel Benefield, I'm going to get through this. I'm going to get through this. Hi, right, Ben. Little, little 2000s, uh, is it 90s, 2000s, I forget, uh, <laughs> reference for you guys. Hi
0: <laughs> uh, how yeah. Ben, how's your week Ben? I don't know.
1: And what have you been this week?
0: Alright, so I have to, uh, before we start, just jump in with a little bit of a retraction from last week or a clarification, because I said that the Native American category with the Grammys was removed and then was placed within the regional roots category, which I said already existed. Now this is not true the Native American category ended in 2011, and regional roots music began in 2012. Now, this category includes Hawaiian, Zadiko, I uh, apologize for butchering that name, uh, Cajun, Native American, and Polka music. Now, those used to be four separate categories. Now, they, they homogenize them into one. Now, of course, this is egregious, it's lazy, it's disrespectful, but it isn't really colonization. And I was like slamming them for colonization. So I just wanted to put that up top. You know, I went back and did a little tiny bit more research and I was like, oh, okay. So they're just mad disrespectful. But I wanted to make sure I got that out in case the Grammys came for my neck and try to fucking sue me or some bullshit like that. I don't know. Who knows? We People listen to us in like 57 different countries. So someone was bound to pick up on it at some point. So I'll get into what I listened to this week. Uh... I'll go from best to worst, and uh, Future and Uzi is gonna be my best. Pluto times baby Pluto. Man, I don't really know what people expected from this drop because all the criticism I've seen is that Uzi and Future just did a copy and paste of their normal output onto this. Like that's literally what Future's been doing for the last six projects. And Uzi dropped like 97 songs earlier this year and they were all the exact same. So I I don't know who's going to Uzi for lyrical content, Future, maybe, because he can drop some emotion. <laughs> but really, like, it, well, it is, man. Like, I've done... I, I have the stats. I hear your derisive laughter in the background, but I have the statistics to prove that he does have pretty deep emotional, lyrical content. But, like, it's... It's not often that Future gets in that bag and it's really only if his partner or the beat drags him into an emotional headspace. And that's not happening on this project. I don't know what people wanted from this. Like it's exactly what I would expect from artists with huge checkbooks and massive energy behind them. Top tier beats. There's not a single vocal out of place. Uh, it's actually a really melodic, brilliant music. They both skate on every beat here. It You just put it on and it just keeps playing and playing and playing and it's like, I really enjoyed it. you got to get in that headspace. If you don't like Future and Uzi, just don't listen to it. That's cool, man. DJ K Slay, Homage or Homage. Uh, Rolling 50 Deep is actually the greatest song this year, and it is not even close. It's not <laughs> close. I don't care what anyone says. Look, if you're a hip-hop head, you can't say anything is better than this this year because right, each rapper only spits eight about eight bars, right? And there are rapper eaters on here, like fucking grizzly bears on here. So you have to drop eight bars of fire. And that competitiveness, it spills over onto the rest of the tape. But every verse on here, man, like it's crazy. It's 18 minutes long. And you don't know who's coming next. There's 50 rappers on here. Royce could be next. Blake could be next. Styles P could be next. Benny the Butcher could be next. Any of these insane legends could be next so it's just like this wild journey of eight bar discovery where everyone's just dropping their best possible eight bars i don't see how it could be considered a bad song or too who doesn't have 18 minutes you don't have 18 minutes in a seven day period you don't have 18 minutes out of your week to listen to this song i'm kind of shitting on charlie right now because he was very critical of the fact that it was 18 i'm like Come on, bro. Bro, come come on, bro. Like, on the face of it, you you can't expect me to just
1: go, yeah. Come on, then. Like, come on, bro. Like, eight minutes. Like, bro, I've got shit to do. But I did listen. But I will say, I did listen to it. I will confirm, it is fire. There are some fire bars on here. Uh, What I will say is that the beat could have been better. Um, I feel, I feel like it was basically like a watered down victory. puff daddy and the family and i feel like if that was the beat then it would be my song of the year. and you know to be honest it might be in there it might be in my songs of the year list i'm not gonna lie no, you know i am not gonna put it on my regular rotation but you know it's it's, it's definitely a, a little piece of hip-hop history i'll, I'll say that because um
0: you you rarely get shit like that very rarely man i love that song uh the 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 whole tape is pretty good um, it's kind of like those early 2000s DJ tapes where everyone was just hungry and trying to kill each other on a song. So I really respected that from DJ K Slay, uh, Aesop Rock, Spirit World Field Guide. Uh, this guy just makes music that will baffle you due to its complexity. Uh, I love that he never tries to dumb it down. And it's, it's like, it's more than a meal. This thing it's it, the way it feels to me. It's like making cronuts. Like it takes three days And at the end, you still might be as far away from understanding it as you were at the beginning. Like, you've listened to the whole thing three times, and you're just like, I don't know what's going on in here, but it's pretty cool. So I really enjoyed that project. Don't expect to understand it straight away. Like, it never works with Aesop Rock. It takes time. Salam Remy, Black on Purpose. Uh, This is just fire, man. Mm. There's huge jazz elements on here, which is really great. The feature list is just scorching. Buster Rhymes... Right now, he just sounds vital on everything he touches. He's on a song with Black Thought, Dougie Fresh, and Moo, Moo Fresh. Like it's it's a hit. It's just it's it's a hit. There's no misses on this song uh, on this album at all. Like celo Green smashed it. Uh, Common and Black Thought together on a track. This mm. is this whole project to me is like the distillation of creating art to create change because it sounds really good. It sounds very smooth, and it's designed to spark I guess a movement within you like it's I don't know it's it's just it's uplifting mu- music but it's also powerful music it's also sad music it's just it's just a great project it's well put together which is what you would expect from Salam remy who has been putting together projects for like 25 years and been doing incredibly well at it uh, last soldier soldier mentality 2 uh, I won't get too deep into this but if you like T Grizzly this is definitely for you this is a good project. Uh, Survival Kit by Goody Mob. This was not as good as I was anticipating because to me, Goody Mob has made some of the like greatest. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I don't know, man. The thing that because the thing about Goody Mob is like they have made genuinely some of the most realistic hip hop in the game. They pushed the genre forward a long way, especially through their use of melody within the hip hop realm, which is something that we just take for granted today. But on this project, I felt the beats just weren't quite there it was kind of like organized noise got stuck between trying to sound like they this is what they try to sound like they used to trying to sound like now and then trying to push a sound forward so we had these three like competing things and then we got this weird mid-tier that i've never heard from them before and yeah it just didn't (laughs) hit me man i was expecting something similar to tribe called quest's last album 2016 uh we got it from here but i just it wasn't of that quality Mm. man and I thought Big Boy's verse was better than Andre's verse, uh, which yeah. I thought was a little bit st- a little bit stale. Um, it's not a bad album. This album. It's not a bad album, but it just didn't hit me like I thought it would. Uh, then we get into the ones I did not like. Uh, so help me God by Two Chains. This is probably the best project Two Chains has dropped since Boats Two. But I don't know, man. It's really odd to see someone who was at the forefront of the trap movement. Slides so far down the ranking list. Because it's not unnatural for an artist to lose sales and relevance over time, but, you know, I mean, it's only been eight years, but the quality has dipped. The quality has dipped alarmingly. But he's got everyone on speed dial, man. Like this project, he had Ty Dolla, Chief Keef, Kevin Gates, Lil Uzi, Kanye, Young Boy, uh, Brent Faiz. The production was Boy Wonder, Mike Dean, Mike Will, TM88. But the whole thing is like weak or or just like a bit mid. And he rarely sounds like he gets out of second gear. Like Moneymaker, Moneymaker proves the gap. Like in the old days, that song would have been a fucking stomp. He would have been like walking down a street in a video, like in a dress or something, like with band behind it. Like it would have been wild. It would have been massive. But a lot of this is just like, it's just a yawn kind of by the numbers stuff and I don't know man I just I expected a lot more like I think this album's just gonna everyone will stop talking about it in three days he'll do 31k first week he'll call it'll be number 9 or something on the Billboard 200 and then no one will talk about it again But it wasn't as bad as Kodak Black's "Bill Israel." Uh, I I felt like no, no, no. I felt like Kodak Black was on an upward trajectory, and I thought that he was going to redefine mumble rap by 2020. I genuinely thought that when he was dropping, you know, when he was at the (laughs) top of the game, he was he was progressive. He was different. He was emotional. Like his music was fucking powerful. He was. I'm not going to have this debate with you because you don't know anything about (laughs) mumble rap. You don't know anything about mumble rap. So, I'm not going to have this debate with you. But Take the <laughs> his legal troubles. his legal troubles have really uh, hurt his artistic growth. So, we got this like watered down version of the sound that he was crafting. And now the game has just passed him by and it just makes me a bit sad. Um, and then finally, Youngboy NBA. I don't even remember the title of this album. I don't know what the fuck is Youngboy NBA <laughs> is doing. Bro, what is it? I, if I win or when I return or something, I, I'll get back to you. I don't know. But I, I, I don't think this guy likes it when people like his music because he keeps dropping random pockets of really bad music. And it makes it hard to trust him when you hear a new project because his last project was decent, but there was some trash and mid on there. The The project before was actually trash. The one before that was fire. Like I don't know what... I'm getting pulled in all these different directions I don't know what he's doing I don't know man I don't know I just didn't enjoy that project But I, I will listen to his next one Because I've loved a lot of his work so far This one was just like Alright Fair enough Whatever man Just throw it out there And we'll see when When, you- when I return I don't know I'll google that Alright anyway That's myself What about you Charlie? Um. Well okay So the yeah, album was called Until I return so Alright uh, so, I think I said that in there somewhere In
1: case somewhere. you guys don't know um, yeah. And um r- really? Like um for two chains um uh yeah. Go League wasn't 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 it for you? Or the nah. what the what's the um, what's the one with the pink the pink cover, like something Trap music, something like that? People like that. Pretty girls like, you, pretty you like those trap two. music. Yeah. None of those two? Hmm, interesting. Nah. Okay. Made made um, to me. <laughs> I love, it. I love when you say mid because it doesn't sound like... Far, it doesn't sound like, <laughs> it sounds like... It sounds more negative.
0: Bro, mid is mid. negative. Mid, that is, makes any sense? mid is a negative term. Like, you want to hate something or you want to love something. You don't want to just be like... You, like, you talk to your friend who's in a relationship with a guy and they're like, yeah, yeah, he's average, you know, he's pretty good. And you could just see the light leave her eyes when she talks about it. Jesus it's like, okay, this person is just sucking oh. the life out of this my friend like what the fuck man like he's just wow. mid-tier it's sad mid-tier you don't ever want to be mid-tier you want to be shit or you want to be good <laughs> don't ever be mid I promise you that I'm 32 I know this shit <laughs>
1: uh, I, I love your uh, uh, fucking uh analogies. it's glorious alright um, start of the week uh, got into about five-ish pro- yeah five projects uh, this week because uh, I'm slow. I'm slowing it down now because I need to just like Really focus on the end of year list right now. I'm just like, there's. I was gonna listen, if it was a normal week, I probably would have got into like, you know, the two chains and all that stuff. but I was just like, it won't make my list, so let's just not bother. Um, all right, Salam Remy Black on Purpose. Speaking of stuff, I might make my list. Um, yeah, man, I, I, I love this, man. Like, all the features just come through, but like, the production on this is so silky smooth. Like this is perfect for a vinyl. This is a guarantee vinyl cop because every song just bleeds into each other with absolute precision. It's so glorious. Um, you know, I, I, I mentioned all the features, but like um, a couple that surprised me actually. Um, Mac Wilds on Home Vacation really enjoyed that. That was good. Um, a couple of uh, reggae artists on here as well. Spragga Benz, Stephen Marley on a couple, uh, Chronix as well, and uh, Super Cat. Uh, Moomoo Fresh, of course um on a few, on a few. got a lot of Moomoo Fresh I'm still so pissed that I missed her one, uh, Missed to see her live um, Because my train uh, out, of the, out of town Fucking I'm so pissed about that day, honestly That that day just pisses me off I had her ticket, bruv I was going to London, and then I missed it Pissed, anyway um, Annie Hamilton as well uh, That's, that's kind of cool, obviously the uh, Blackfall Common track was fire um, but yeah, man, just the whole thing overall, it's just such an album, such a good album, just overall, it's such a, oh, so good, definitely cop Out Vinyl someday, uh, for sure, um, Ambar Lucid, Garden of Lucid, um, Shadow Pigeons and Planes got this one off them, basically, they were, I think, featuring her this week, um, Dominican-Mexican, uh, Ice, I think she hails from Jersey at the moment, uh, so she has this, like, really just, a very operatic kind of voice um and just how she like croons um it's like an operatic op- operatic element to it um the 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 the, the, the music's basically like, um, I don't know, like i don't know what you want to call it indie rock-ish kind of thing acoustic elements kind of stuff it's very it's very um it's very nice it's a very nice listen very calm listen just listen to her voice man you will float like listen to the first track garden you'll float trust me like it's it's a that's a floaty track and the whole thing just continues on it just takes you on a nice ride for damn sure and she goes effortlessly from like English to Spanish which um oh, it it actually hits very nicely like the way she just transitions is it's very nice um j her eleven eleven uh louis p. Uh, yeah this is cool this is a calm, calm a little project um herb really has um really has a flair for just like really political societal socio-political commentary um, you know just uh, just from these like uh, titles like society is porn uh, american fruit which is super super hard track um, this, the sample on that track is just super clean. It just goes so well. Um, just have a Katori uh, Walker feature on there, which is cool. Uh, here for that. And uh, yeah, man, shout to Jay hurt Solid DP. Um, Par sell you. Send them to Coventry. Okay. I need to just, you know, just break this down just a little bit, because I feel like Par has a real, just a real uh, hype behind him, right? Every... Every, um, UK rap music outlet that you can name have, uh, have, have hyped up parcelle And, um, oh, fucking hell, excuse me. I'll delete that. Um, yeah, so, um, every single one have just, like, hyped him up in some way and just, you know, just given him whatever, like, a. Uh, <laughs> uh, whatever, whatever he kind of wants on it like it Video drop, Parcelu drop this video right And that's all well and good right I listen to this album And while I can see the hype right I can see, I see what they're talking about I understand what they're talking about It's It's okay, it's a good album It's not worth the hype for me personally um, In terms of just like There's literally, like if you're here Like you really just see it like if you go Grime Daily, any of those sites, you just see his name plastered whenever he drops something. Like there's genuine, um, you know, support behind him, which is cool. I just feel there's a bit too much hype there. Um, but you know, the album's solid. I think you guys should give it a listen. It's a solid album to listen to. Um, you know, some drilly elements, there's some uh, Afrobeat elements. Uh, he comes uh, obviously from the, from the album title, sent him the commentary. So he's in commentary at the moment, but. Uh, he is, uh, I think, Gambian um, as well, uh, in terms of uh, where he comes from. Uh, so, yeah, man, he's got a very distinctive voice, and I think that's kind of where he hangs his hat on. And um, I feel like that's just <laughs> that's that's enough for somebody, but not for me. Um, I would like a bit more on that front, uh, especially from the bar standpoint. But, you know, it, with all that said, it's a solid album. Uh, very worth a listen. Just a bit too overhyped um, on, on that front, but anyway. And uh, lastly, Goody Mob, a survival kit. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, bruv. This heat. This is heat. I love this album. This, this is a superb album to me. Um, I haven't listened to much Goody Mob over uh, in terms of their discography. I have listened to Soul Food like a few years ago. Oh, what? In the past, that oh, haven't really like gone into. You've got to spin mob. that, man. It's uh, a classic. It's, it's, it's a... G- no, I, have, I, have, I said I peep Soul Food. That's the only one I have uh, peeped. The others uh. I haven't. Um, but uh, yeah, man, this album's sick. I don't know what you're talking about. This is, there's so many earworms on here. Like... Just Chuck D just talking on Are You Ready? That's enough for me. Chuck D talking, fine. Yeah, good. Go for it. Go for it. Um, you know, Frontline. Yeah, Curry Goat. Great. No cigar. Great. Pray for the sheep. Great. Uh, for my people. Great. Off road. <laughs> uh, I I love the just the like Thelma and Louise like uh, fucking vibes I get off that. Uh, off road. Just that's oh, great. Uh, me time. Uh, survival kits. Cool. Try Um, yeah man. It's just it's just a solid album and the beats on here. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, bro. Like the organized noise. I don't know uh, did organized noise pro- uh, produce this? Cause I know they yeah. um they they have it in terms of um whole thing. Yeah, yeah, so they have it in terms of obviously like copyright and all that. So um yeah, it's, bro. Shout out to organized noise once again, man. Cause fuck, oh there's so many beat switches on here that just like I didn't even catch them. I was just like, oh when did the beat change? Like, <laughs> It's <laughs> so good oh, Such a good listen Such a dynamic listen um, CeeLo just floats on here And I'll see the others do as well Yeah man, they do their thing And uh, you know, that, that big boy feature's cool uh, You know, the other one's a little bit less cool But it's cool nevertheless And uh, yeah man, that's a solid album I really enjoyed it That's, that's, that's probably a, uh, probably next to Garden of Lucid uh, The best album of the week uh, For me personally But anyway, we move on to our topic of this episode And we are revisiting a little bit. Half it halfish. Uh obviously we did a CL Smooth and Pete Rock the other uh, f- um, oh, God, I don't even know what concept of time anymore. A month ago, two months ago? <laughs> <Don't know. laughs> a while back. And uh now we're doing an individual respective it uh, retrospective on chocolate boy wonder Pete Rock. Um just off the bat for me, um one of my top five all time, um, he's just solidified in that for sure. I just love the way he just I just love how smooth his beats always sound like the beats never the beats never like uh, he you, you don't go to Pete Rock for like the the hard bassy beats right uh, you know what I mean you don't you you don't go to him for that you go from you go to him for the smooth shit like, uh, just the smooth beats buttery buttery beats and also just the supreme sampling uh, throughout every time and also just that signature that nobody else does, which I find a bit weird. I'm surprised nobody's ever tried to bite him on this, but he's the only person that does this. The way he has like at the end of nearly every song, just like a just a little just another like snippet, like a 10 15 minute second snippet of another beat he's done. And it's just like, okay, <laughs> I'm just gonna drop this beat that um, I will never use. Just because it's just uh, and, and it obviously just flows into the next song, um, in terms of the albums he makes. But I just find that so fascinating. I'm surprised no, not many other people do that, um, uh, uh, as a signature because he does it often. Um, I, I just find that weird. Nobody else has done it, but um, yeah, man, top five all time. Just want to throw that out the bat out the gate. And uh, yeah, man, this is going to be fun because we're obviously going to cover his uh, we're going to cover his studio albums. Obviously, we're going to talk about the his biggest. Uh, produce songs uh, throughout, of course. Um, obviously, <laughs> did the intro on uh, you know "World Is Yours," which obviously he produced, and obviously did the vocals on that particular um, hook. Um, and Ben asked me. Uh, ben said to me, uh, "Off wax, like um, uh, need to, need to tell the people uh, they he does he did that." And I'm like, if they don't know he did the hook, then like I'm sorry, guys, you need to. I I, I don't know. <laughs> don't know what you need to do with your lives, but. You know, it is what it is. Uh, we're all here to learn, I guess. Uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, we're going to cover his studio albums. Um, obviously, there's three of those, and he has a, another one, I think, coming soon, in the next couple of months, or maybe just another piece Pistramentals. I forget if it's either that or Soul Survivor again. I'm not really sure. Um, I forget, but, you know, just a little hype train. Why not towards that? And obviously celebrating one of the best producers of all time in hip-hop history. And when like I said, we hop off. All the way to Sydney, Australia. Seven forty-three in the morning.
0: Mm. <laughs> what have you and got for then? Nice. Uh, well, Pete Rock is your. I know my time zones, zone, bro. Don't, don't get it twisted. I'm, I'm a time zone god, bro. What is this? Just cutting into my intro? Fucking hell, man! I've been practicing this all week. It's the lack Leave it. <laughs> let me. Let me restart. Let me restart. <laughs> <laughs> let me just. Oh my god! <sighs> All right, Pete Rock is your favorite producer's favorite producer. No, Pete Rock, Pete Rock, man, you you know the you know the name, you know the name, and I'm going to argue in this podcast that this is a man who should have been on the Mount Rushmore alongside probably Dilla, Primo, Dre, like these legends, man. Like Mm. having researched him and listened to his production, it actually shocks me a little bit that he doesn't get mentioned more. And I want to try and figure that out throughout this podcast. And I think I have an answer, but you know, I want to, that's kind of where I want to go with this. Like you guys probably think, oh, Pete Rock, you know, he produced the world is yours, you know, produced the bitch in you. Like, you know, he's got, you know, he's got his great back catalog in the nineties. But, like, he never progressed in those conversations. And plenty of artists have, man. Plenty of art. Like, premier's still, uh, like, spoken of. And if you get a premier beat, like, I think uh, Benny had a premier beat on Burner Proof or it was Conway on one of them. It's, like, this, like, ethereal thing, you know? And people who know, understand that getting a Pete Rock beat is insane. Like when Hove had uh, Pete Rock on The Joy and he was saying on Watch The Throne and he was talking about it. He's like, I got a Pete Rock beat. That's Jay-Z saying that, right? But it's like people don't recognize that outside of like a few people who kind of grew up on 90s music. It's like people just don't recognize that having a Pete Rock beat is fucking incredible. It's insane. So let's try. I want to get to the bottom of that, but we'll get there in a roundabout way. The other side of that whole thing is that Pete Rock can, like, really rap. Like, really, really rap. You know, we we spoke mm-hmm. about it on the, the CL Smooth Pete Rock episode uh, when we talked about, like, Don't Curse. Like, that's the first song he ever rapped on. And the lineup on that was Heavy D, Grand Poober, CL Smooth, Big Daddy Kane, Q-Tip, and Cool G Rap. And Pete Rock said that uh, Heavy D and Grand Poober like, gassed him up and said you know you can rap your voice would transfer really well onto wax which he w- it would like obviously like we've listened to interviews with him or like man this guy's got a fucking commanding deep voice and uh yeah man he he just actually became i think a really uh underappreciated and underrated lyricist so even on his solo joints when he drops verses it's like wow this guy you almost don't even notice that he's rapping because you, don't, you, you expect it just to be him producing, and then this, this rapper comes on, and you're kind of checking the track list, like, who the fuck is this? And you're like, oh, shit, that's right. Like, he can really rap. So just a bit about his history. He's from the Bronx. Uh, he's only 50 years old. I actually thought he was a lot older than that. Uh, and as we said, he met CL Smooth in high school at Mount Vernon. Uh, where he moved to at age seven. His dad was a DJ and apparently had a fire record collection, which is something I see common through these legendary 80s and like early 90s uh, mm. super producers who were kind of at the forefront of sampling. And Pete Rock absolutely mm. was. Uh, he met James Brown at age 11 and said he fell in love with music. And from that moment on, he wanted to be a musician. And one thing I always notice in Pete Rock interviews is he embodies that culture versus genre debate Like he is living proof that hip hop is a culture. Now remember that I've said this because at the end, I'm gonna talk a little bit about his feud with Little Yachty and about like where he is now in the game versus where he was. And this is gonna be a key point. Like he constantly speaks on the politics and social positioning of hip hop. And he says that to him, James Brown was a pioneer in a lot of ways. Uh, And it inspired him not just to be a musician, but to be an activist within that realm. Like, throughout his Combat Jack interview, they speak heavily on Run DMC and Public Enemy about how there was something missing from hip-hop, especially since uh, Shut Him Down by Public Enemy. And Pete Rock said, The power we didn't realize we had. You live and you learn, but never again will I do that. Regarding, I guess, the complacency that he feels slipped into hip-hop after that song, I think that, uh, like, with, you know, Industry Shakedown in 2000 by Freddie Fox, you know, it's like... We started to feel the transition and change in the music. And this is when the anger starts to build in the community. And that's when this record came out. That's the way I felt. And I think that's why, probably why Pete Rock, this is like the, this is the process I went through in understanding why Pete Rock isn't placed on that same pedestal as Dre, Premier, Dilla, whoever, Timbo, Swizzy, like all these producers. I think just listening to his interviews and looking at his discography, Pete Rock never really did anything he didn't truly believe in. He never did something just for a bag. You know, I tweeted, and this is not to shade anyone or throw anyone under the bus, but I tweeted, I think two days ago yesterday about Travis Scott, about all the endorsements he's done. Like he had a fucking cereal of Reese's Puff cereal named after him. He had a bobblehead. He had, he did a Fortnite concert. You know, he's getting the bag. But the thing is that Pete Rock never did that stuff. You know, uh, he said early on in the game, like one thing people needed to understand about him is he was never about the business side of the music. He just wanted to make music. Uh, He told NPR that we all had questions about publishing later on in life. I've never seen a check beyond six zeros in my entire life. Then we just didn't care about all that. But now that it bit us in the booty a little bit, to learn that our music and owning our masters all that's important we didn't know that then but now we do and it teaches you a valuable lesson about how to proceed in the music business. He then said he was putting all his solo projects out independently so he didn't have to recoup. And I think that independence like underpins his whole career and his distrust of labels began really early. And I I just think personally I I honestly think that's why he didn't I guess ascend to the level that he really should have. Uh, and when I say that I just mean in the collective consciousness I don't mean you know he probably has his own value system his own markers of success his own way that he would define whether he's achieved what he wanted to achieve in the music industry and I'm pretty sure he's probably achieved those things like every time I listen to interviews with him now he seems very relaxed very calm there doesn't seem to be any regrets about things you know he and uh, CL Smooth patched it up and tried to get back together so it's like yeah, that's probably the reason why I think he is not... You know, you might be listening to this and, and if this was the Dr. Dre episode, you'd be like, oh, I know Dr. Dre. I know this beat, this beat, this beat. He worked with this artist. He's worked with Kendrick. But you do the Pete Rock episode, you're like, oh, yeah, I, I, he did that song with Kanye and Jay, but like, and then the world is yours. Like, what else has he done? So, yeah, that I think that's why. You know what I mean? But do you understand what I'm trying to say? Like, there's a difference between those two. Mm. But in my eyes, there isn't. They were both... They were both revolutionary. They both pushed a genre forward. They both created sounds that no one else had created before, and they were both at the forefront of commercial hip hop in the '90s. It's just, yeah, it's just different different energies from them.
1: Yeah, I feel like um, this is kind of why I personally feel like a kinship to someone like a Pete Rock because. Notice, note how, you know, Ben said, um, you know, that Pete Rock realized that there was a mistake made, right? In terms of, you know, not focusing on the fact that, you know, publishing, masters, etc., etc. cetera, right? We all understand that now of how imperative it is to own your art f- as much as you possibly can. Um, because, you know, you're going to be alive, hopefully, you know, for the rest of your career and for the rest of your life. You might not be doing, excuse me, what you're doing at 30 than what you're doing at 70, but somebody could, you know, someday just like uncover your work 40 years later and it's like, well, this is fire, Let me, you know, and then, you know, it gains a new lease of life, you know, you can name many, many artists, um, Change Brown, you know, in some ways one of them um, that are kept alive by hip-hop alone um obviously james brown is kept alive by a lot of things um because you know godfather's soul and all that but you know what i'm saying like obviously there's um you know for i guess a more um a more realistic reason uh one example is like uh, bobby caldwell for example right who who who's listening to bobby caldwell until common uh the light like who who was listening to bobby caldwell Uh, there are times that nobody's Nobody was listening to the, to Bobby Caldwell until then, and you know there was actually um, there's actually a I think it was on Mass Appeal YouTube I, for, I forget the I forget the 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 series but like they, they did a series on like particular songs and how they were made and stuff like that and uh, Bobby Caldwell was interviewed and he was like you know I, I gained like such a new wave of popularity after that song dropped and it was like fascinating anyway I say all that to just get to the fact that notice how um, notice how uh, he uh, how Ben talked about that. But he didn't say that he's going that Pete Rock was uh, uh, wanted to have like a, how much how should I word this I'm wording it weirdly um, notice how Pete acknowledges that but it's still about the music regardless you see what I mean uh, and I'm not saying you know someone like you know you, you compare it, you compared him with Dre in some fashion then you know uh, Drake obviously cares about the music. But he also cares about not getting fucked over anymore, because <laughs> obviously, you know, if, if you know, we N.W.A., you know, what I mean, fucked over. You know, we all we all know the story there, right? Why would you want to have that again? So I feel like you know, there's there's levels to that. You know, you can be aware of these kind of things, but you can still, you know, have it in the background, so to speak, and maybe have other people sort it out for you. You know, what I mean, I, I I highly assume that Dre has many, many, many people. Um, under him, uh, sorting out just that—that that kind of stuff alone, so he can focus on just the music. I'm sure it's. Comp- I'm sure that's exactly how it is. Um, for Pete Rock, I guess it's a little bit different. Um, comparing to obviously, uh, uh, where I guess he's at from a just a you know purely numbers popularity standpoint. Um, you know we know who Dre is. Some people know who Pete Rock is, um, and that's obviously a bit of a shame. Um, but you know. Hip hop history is how it goes sometimes, um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of um, that's kind of like the interesting point that I came out of that um, for from what you were talking about. Um, I just I just like I I just like the fact that P um, has that just dedication to the craft, and you know, to this day, still still making beats and all that kind of stuff, and that's all well and good, um, and. Yeah, it's, it's 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 just interesting, um, and especially in a hip hop history perspective of how he wasn't the only one, guys. <laughs> back in the day, like everybody, nobody, because that's the thing, isn't it? Like you know, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna zoom out a lot here, and just you know, just stay with me because we'll we'll get back to it in a second. Um, I'll let I'll let Bain continue in a second, but like now, I just want to just map out of just how. Of how, like, hip hop at its root and at its beginnings was really just like something to do. <laughs> you know what I mean, to something to gain street cred, to have fun with, to have competition with, to swing dicks with. Like, you know, what I mean, it was just that. And then obviously, you know, labels started to obviously sink their teeth into it, and that's when it obviously got a bit different. And then obviously, money came into it, and people were like, huh. I'm not getting money out of this, but people um, who who, who I've signed with are getting money from it. How does that work? And obviously, you know, we can reference people like Dave LaSoul and all that, and we've referenced a lot of people over the, the, you know, span of this show, but I just wanted to bring that home in terms of just, um, you know, Pete Rock ain't the only one, I guess, uh, and, you know, just, he's not the only one in the boat, I just wanted to say, so, uh, yeah, we can continue.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because, like, Pete Rock was obviously, you know, doing some crazy stuff back then. He was heavily around uh, commercial music like, you know, he did. Uh, he was doing a lot of remixes like the classic Juicy remix from Biggie. Um, he remixed Jump Around by House of Pain, Shut 'Em Down by Public Enemy. And that's also one other element of his because, you know, you look at the, the, I think the two main elements of the way that he pushed the, the genre and the art of producing forward Uh, via sampling and via the remixes you know people like nowadays a remix is a big thing and it's like a you know it's just part of the game but like back then it was you know it was kind of rare especially for someone to come in and actually make a song better and a lot of people say that the drums on the remix for Juicy are just way better than the original Um, and I do find it very interesting so he was around those kind of commercial massive smashes and these artists that were blowing up and you know as Charlie said like I guess back then it was about the fun and it was about the purity of the art and you're not worried so much about the money and nowadays it's all about getting the bag and it's all about making money off it so yeah, it's it's interesting that he went in this direction and like went down the path of self-releasing music independently releasing music and never really trusting a major label again or never getting into that bag but then you look at and we'll get. It. I think we can get into his albums now if you're okay with that, Charlie. You look at like his discography and the guests he gets on these projects. Man, the fucking guests he gets on these projects are insane. So he drops his debut album, Soul Survivor, in '98. Inspector Deck, corrupt. Method Man, Lord Tariq, Peter Guns, Large Professor, Cool G Rap, Black Thought, MC8, CL Smooth, Big Pun, Nori, Common, Capadonna, Sticky Fingers, Trage, Heavy D, Beanie Man. Like, bro, this shit is insane and it, it goes out throughout his whole uh, discography. The thing I love about this is like, what, what it showed to me was having like dive deep into Pete Rock and CL Smooth and recognizing that those first two albums are very close to classics, if not absolute fucking stonking classics. And understanding that CL Smooth was like the person who kind of put the finishing touches on those projects. Because when I listen to Soul Survivor, it's like, to me, it just missed that one cohesive voice. You know, that one cohesive voice. Voice who's gonna carry a narrative throughout the whole album. It doesn't have to be a concept album for that to happen. It just has to be that constant thing because Pete Rock provides everything else. He provides every other aspect that you need. Like his these these production, the beats are warm. Uh, they're of the time. There, there's these little flourishes on them that just like turn them into earworms. And that was one of his gifts. I feel like he would, you know, like you listen to a Just Blaze who just bombards you with. Uh, pomp and ceremony, and just incredible sounds. And you're just, it's like this full listening experience. Pete Rock, it's like you're just chilling along, and like a synth will come in, or some sample will come in for 30 seconds, and you'll just, it will turn the whole thing into an earworm. And you'll just be like, wow, this is, you know, he just has that gift for adding that little touch to it. And I feel like with Soul Survivor, you know, that's what it was. The only thing that held it back was just that one cohesive voice carrying through the whole thing and of course Pete Rock raps on this album and i think i feel like i don't know i just wish he was a little bit more um what's the right word like maybe engaged or maybe he's a little bit insecure about his rapping or maybe he doesn't feel like he could carry a project himself as a rapper because it's like it's almost like he's a reluctant rapper and i'm like man come on just keep I spit everything like you you don't need all these <laughs> massive names like you know 17 songs here it's an hour and 14 minutes you chop that to 40 minutes you get a couple of uh these these guest spots and then you carry he could have carried that easily i felt but it's still a great project man and it's a really great debut project from someone who a lot of people just saw as a producer you know
1: yeah and um i said i said I to ben um um just on a just on a vm before we recorded um uh, we don't we don't actually have him but uh, we didn't put him in like the um uh what's the word uh, uh, the the rap conversation and uh you know it's de- yeah. you, you could definitely make a case in in especially in you know stomach like Soul survivor and the uh, and the other two we are getting into like you can make that you could definitely make that case that he has that um i understand where you're coming from in terms of just like um having him be more uh uh vocally uh there um uh, but bro with all these features
0: probably like, yeah i know it's insane right I, I don't
1: care i don't care I, I just, you know we, we got a few we got a few tracks here and there you know i mean like that that have him uh him and uh you know uh, someone like miss jones or being uh, Magica. majika is that how you say i know uh you know the game, so, number one soul brother uh, respect mine. Like he's on he he he, he gives a, he drops a verse on most of these, like a majority of these. I would understand when you're talking about something like the next album we're gonna talk about Soul Survivor 2, um, which I feel like he's less in uh vocally, but this one he's he's in there I think he's in there like in a in a he's, he's in a good space. You know what I mean he drops a verse or two here and there. Um super solid. And um the one thing I actually came out of this, um and kind of overall which is so fascinating to me, but I just have to say it. But like, it's so weird, but so cool. The fact that every time CL Smooth comes on, uh, comes onto a, a Pete Rock record, like y- you can you can name you can name people on here, you know, that are f- objectively better than like CL Smooth, right? Y- you can name them, um, and you oh. named a couple already, right? is pretty good, man. Like, know, no, no, otherwise. no, no, I know what you mean. I know, I, yeah, but Just just for just for the argument's sake, right? You can you All can right. make the argument that, you know, he's not he's not the best one on here, right? You know what I mean? So just uh, regardless if you think so or not, whatever, it doesn't really matter. But every time he's on there, it just works every fucking time. Like, you can have the f- hottest rapper on a record, on a Pete Rock record, and it'll sound cool. But it will never just sound as silky smooth as some pun intended as a Pete Rock and CL Smooth song. I just mm. don't know how they do it. It must be chemistry. That's the only thing I can ima- I can just, I, I can just, yeah. you know, put to it. But it just works every freaking time. Like the two on here is so fucking nice. I was walking the dog through it, and I was just like, oh my gosh, this is so silky, so buttery smooth. Like he just floats on it, man. I don't. I just. It has to be chemistry, man. Like when I mean, you just work with someone for that long, like uh, it's just great. I I, I love it. Uh, it's uh, you know the whole the whole. I like the whole album. It's it's a it's um it's it's a classic to me. Um, but uh, uh, it's 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 just <laughs> just the fact that CL moves on one track and he just owns it for me. <laughs> it's so crazy to think about, but yeah, the beats on here are just absolutely sublime. Uh, big facts on that, and uh, yeah, man, it's a, it's it's superb, superb record.
0: Yeah, I guess then, it's you're right, man. Cause like when you listen to uh Troy, like you just like, I don't know, I don't know. It's just I I honestly feel like it is CL Smooth who does that. Like I, that's why I think you have that that kind of like I just you know it's not as it's not the same. Like, you know, there's not that chemistry, and I think it is CL Smooth that kind of like ties it all in together. You know, he provides that because Pete Rock's always going to provide this like incredible background but you just need like that um that cohesiveness over the top of it and I felt like that was what was missing with his solo projects maybe because CL Smooth and Pete Rock were just that damn good that you're like attempting to compare it to then and then you're just like this is not the same but I guess we get to Soul Survivor 2 which talks about uh, sorry, which which kind of confirms what I was saying in the last one about Pete Rock not wanting to rap that much. He doesn't really rap that much at all on yeah. here, and um, yeah. which I thought was <clears throat> a little bit disappointing. But you look at the... Like, it came out in 04, right? The beats are not 04. We've spoken heaps of times on this podcast. One of our favorite things to talk about is how crazy the 2000s were, especially the way they sounded. These do not sound like 04 Fucking beats. Weep. And that's the one thing that I felt... Look, man, I really wanted a Pete Rock take on the O4 sound, like how wild would that, I don't know, like I just, I kind of wanted that, but we didn't really get that, we got kind of like just genuine throwback beats, which is pretty, pretty standard for Pete Rock, nothing wrong with that, they're all pretty decent, but the feature list again, fucking insane, Pharaoh Monch, Sail Smooth again, RZA, Jizza, Talib, Dead Prez, Slum Village, like, fuck me, man, this guy just knows how to get people on fucking speed dial, and get them onto a project, Little Brothers on here as well, like, I, I actually, I like this project a little bit more than his prior one, but again, they kind of, to me, mashed together a little bit, like, I felt like I was, I guess because there's no, it's that it's, it's like cohesiveness argument again, there's no, like, I'm listening to Soul Survivor 2 because this is what this rap is talking about here. It's like there's so many different verses, there's so many different perspectives, and so many different angles that I'm just like, okay. like It feels just like another like compilation album. The vibe review was really interesting. They said, um, Pete assembles a roster of mostly below-the-radar artists, including Pharaoh Monch, RZA, and Dead Prez. How the fuck is RZA below-the-radar? Like, he was, like, the architect of Wu-Tang and, what? like, created their entire sound. And apparently Riz is under the radar. So, yeah, I don't know. That was that was weird. But, yeah, I thought this was a really good project. Again, like, I don't really see any kind of... There's never going to... I don't know how this guy could drop a mid or a bad project. He's just that damn good of a producer. And the other thing is, like, he was producing a shitload of music around this time. Like, you know, there was a Future Flavors mi- mixtape. Obviously, New York's Finest came out. There was like, it's not like he was just producing like a couple of beats a year or something like that. He was producing a lot of music and it just never, ever sounded stale or mid or low tier. It was always top tier quality to me. Anyway, like I'm always going to love this album. I'm always going to love Soul Survivor, the original as well. I It's just one of those albums you could put on and you're just like thrown back to just high quality music, and you're not gonna have to worry about anything on this album. You're never gonna have to be like, oh, here's a skip, here's a skip, or I'm gonna have to skip this, or I'm gonna have to take this for my playlist. Like, this is a front to back listen.
1: Uh, I wanna, I wanna push back on the on the first point you made, saying it that uh, you know it doesn't not not all of it, there's a, there's a couple of two thousands uh, sounding beats on here. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I can't say it. With there's them. three I remember. Um, we good, uh, Cardinal Fish official. Uh, that that just that has some has some two thousands tinge to it. It reminds me of like something like um I don't know, like uh, um Um oh, what's the what's the beat? Um, I'm thinking of a beat. Oh my god brother. Um it's the poster boy. Oh that sounds mad two thousands. Mad two thousands to me. Um there's one more. You reckon? I think it's Yeah, Warzone, Dead Press. Yeah, those that, those that, three particular, um that I get I get bare two thousands vibes from that. Yeah, I I think I think I do. Especially something like uh uh, especially wars, especially Warzone, because it has like all of them thing and thing and in the Warzone, yeah. in the background. It just from it yeah, that, that... I, I'm sure the um. I uh, feel like the, that's the late nineties. Probably isn't um you know bling era two thousands right. But um the beat yeah that that could have easily been thrown on a Blueprint too. I think I, I definitely think that.
0: Oh no, I don't know about that man. Late two thousands, <laughs> late nineties. Like I don't know it's about like, like... They,
1: they don't all sound late nineties. They don't all sound late nineties.
0: Oh do Ah, no, that's fair. A majority of them do. I understand what you're
1: saying. I just wanted to push back on that because I feel feel like I, I feel like there was a couple of beats on there. I was just like, uh, "Yeah, this sounds 2004 to me, (laughs) Uh, for better or worse." But. Yeah, no, apart from that, I mean, yeah, I, I personally prefer the first Soul Survivor, but there are some really good just combinations on here. Obviously, Resident of course, is, can't go wrong with that. Um, Jay Diller, <laughs> hello. Uh, Seal Smooth's on a couple more here. I think he's on three tracks. Obviously, Talib's on one of them. Pharaoh uh, Monch. Uh, Black Ice on the first track, Truth is, <gasps> Excuse me. Uh, that was that was heat. That was heat. Okay, he came up with some... Um, he came with some uh, some good, uh, very poetic uh, bars there, very low-key spoken word in in, in kind of the style. But uh, yeah, man, I, I really I, I like this album. It's a solid album. Um, yeah, I approached I for Soul Survivor one, uh, but there's some there's some good moments on here. There's some real good
0: moments on here. Just a uh, it's a shame there's a couple of two
1: thousand beats on here.
0: All right, fair <laughs> enough. I'll no, take that take that. Well, let's move on to New York's finest, which is easily my favourite. Pete uh, Rock, like this fucking. Bro, again, okay. you can't miss with this feature list: Jim Jones, Max B, Styles P, Sheik Luch, Royal Flush, Red Man, uh, Little yeah, Brother. Yeah, this is a
1: really you. Uh, this is a really Raycon, you uh,
0: kind of um, Killer. Uh, feature list. Yeah, this fits you and to then too. The- <laughs> Bro, Papoose just fucking the cleanup hitter on comprehend. And the thing about Papoose during this period, right? <laughs> like Papoose kind of blew up in like 04, I think it was. Uh, I think Alphabetical Slaughter. I can't remember when Alphabetical Slaughter came out like originally the original one. It was around that time right. and like no one really knew what Papoose was gonna do. No one was we were waiting for his his debut studio album, but he would just pop up on these random songs, like touch it with Buster. He would just pop up like Five fit five boroughs of death. You don't understand. I got New York City in the palm of my hand, and then he just like explodes on a song with like everyone on it. Like Lloyd Banks was at his pinnacle of spitting at that time. DMX, and he would just come in and he just like that album New York's Finest with that feature list, and then to clean up at the end like he did, and just weave in and out. Oh my god, man! Like that was fire. Um, I like the sample based production on this project. He really did, I felt like, bring it back to the East Coast on this, you know. And it wasn't Mm. just the standard, hey, I'm just going to get whoever's popping in New York right now. Like, I don't know what his relationship Mm. with 50 Cent and G-Unit was, but Mm. I don't know if it was poor, but he didn't get them on this. And this was 08, so it was probably being recorded around 07, 06. So I guarantee you, you know, 50 Cent would have known about Pete Rock, Lloyd Banks, Tony Ayo, they all would have been around that, but he didn't get them for this um he didn't get hove or anything from rockefeller uh except rel i don't know if that is actually rel from rockefeller it might not no i don't think it is it must be it might be someone else but there was a rel on rockefeller but anyway um yeah i just uh, this is a this is just again a really solid project it was a breath of fresh air in the, the mid to late 2000s where there was it was rare to find, obviously in the underground there were projects like this, but like even in the overground, like even listening to, um, you know, maybe Consequence or maybe listening to Lupe Fiasco, an artist where you would expect them to be a little bit conscious and a little bit of that like genuine backpack 90s style that uh, Pete Rock kind of adhered to later in the 90s, Uh, you know, they were, they were heading in that that more EDM kind of electronic direction anyway. Like, they were heading in not a more mainstream direction, but a different direction. And I felt like this, to me, even though it may have sounded like a throwback to a lot of people, it was just a breath of fresh air and something that really stood out in the late 2000s. And these there are tracks on here that I surprised myself. I did not realize I was tapped into them around this time. You know, I... I'm similar to the way that I described Pete Rock at the start, where if you told me and said Pete Rock in the year 2010, I would have been like, oh yeah, like he's done, I know like, I know of him, and I know maybe one or two beats he's done, but I don't know much about him, he's just like, he's a 90s producer, right, he's just like, you know, one of those old heads, and even when, um, Watch the Throne came out, and I was really tapped into that, and they talked about the joy and how essential it was to get on a Pete Rock beat, I was like, what, really, Pete Rock? So I wasn't tapped in at all. I wasn't checking for his solo projects, but I knew like four or five of these songs. So they were obviously floating around the kind of, uh, mm. I guess, atmosphere that I was listening to at the time. Um, and that's that's testament to him, honestly, because I was only listening to vital, relevant music back then that that people were putting me onto and, and forums were talking about. So yeah, this is, I just think this is his best album.
1: And it's also a testament to how... Close to New York, Ben could have possibly been. <laughs> like, like I can, like, like the you just, you, you just when you talk about shit from the two thousands, and especially for New York shit from the two thousands, like you, you just come off with like such encyclopedic knowledge. Sometimes I'm just like. He he just he just rinsed through them forums back in the day, man. He was he was as close Love as he shit, could man. possibly get. I was, I
0: was so far away. I'm, I'm i was oh so far gosh, away. Yeah, you literally. know what? You know what? So funny about it is that like I just for some reason when I was younger gravitated towards New York hip hop and East Coast hip hop, and I had no concept of this. Even when I was 20, I had you know I was a, a young white boy from Sydney. I have no concept of any of this. East Coast West Coast beef. Yeah. I did not even know that Biggie yeah. and Tupac. <laughs> I didn't know anything about that beef until like the, you know, 2010, like I'd never thought to research it or I didn't hear it on wax or it wasn't in the the magazines I was reading. But for some reason that just that sound spoke to me like Wu-Tang locks, like, I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know. I thought at first you were going to shit on me when you started down that path and I was like, oh no, I said something mad disrespectful, but I appreciate that. It's just very, it's just very fascinating of just how much of
1: a window you give into your life in the two thousands. Just how, like the way you just like mention anything Jim Jones or anything Locks. It's just like it just it just comes off with a little bit more. A little bit more uh, inflection. <laughs> it's, it's funny. I appreciate It's funny that. to be and, and papoose of course, And uh, that was uh it was two thousand and four by that. the way for on the uh, on the DJ K Another DJ K uh, mentioned, who knew? Share two K-Slay, th- man. Yeah, who knew we'd get two today? Um, yeah, man, this is this is a this is a fire album. Um uh, I I can see why this is Ben's favourite, definitely. Uh considering all the MY um just uh focused uh, music on here. I'll see Jim Jones and Max B on one track, Stars P and Chic on another one. Uh, Red Man, jeez, oh, God. we need to do Red Man someday, like, in, in, soon, cause uh, I haven't listened to much Red Man like in in my lifetime, so I feel like I'm just missing out on some, some fucking heavy bars. Uh, Little Brother again. Uh, love some Little Brother. Uh, Rayquan and Master Killer on one track, and I'll see Papu's bringing it at the end. Uh, yeah, man, there's some good stuff on here. Some real good stuff on here. Uh, for me personally, "Ready for War," "Chip Foo and Rene, uh Neufville. Uh, Neuf, Neufville, Nuf I think. Oh my gosh, that that song's such a heater. Like, and and this is something I mentioned actually, but um, there's a couple of tracks sprinkled in Pete Rock's just uh, uh, ca- uh, catalog, uh, where like he just dips into reggae, and I desperately, desperately want. Uh, in my in my wish list of wish lists for music, I desperately want just a reggae hip hop just fucking infused Pete Rock album, like right, just bring in mad fucking reggae artists, just, just have them oh my gosh just have them go in on some reggae Pete Rock but reggae sample Pete Rock uh, beats, oh my gosh I can't I can't just go just go listen to Ready for War and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about because he just comes in with that mad sample. Uh, um, I think it's, I think it's, um, I think it's actually the same sample as a uh, "Welcome to Jamrock, Rock," which is um, "Inner uh, uh, uh World," um, world or something, um, world of motion. Oh, I know it's an Inner Kamozzi track. Um, I, f- I forget the name of it. Um, it's probably it's, pro- it's one of its pop- popular ones. Uh, but yeah, like, he used the exact same one, and I was just like. I literally sent that, that to my friends, literally, because we listen to stuff like that uh, when we get lit. Uh, World, World of Music, that's it, World of Music. And, um, yeah, man, it was, it was just fire. It was just fire. I love that kind of stuff. That just really... That was a real shining light in this whole album for me, uh, in in terms of that. It was a real highlight for me. I just really enjoyed that kind of stuff. Uh, but, yeah, man, it's a solid album. Like, the New York thing and going back to your roots kind of thing, I really enjoyed that concept. And, obviously, bringing the people in uh, obviously brings that home <laughs> a, a, a lot. And, uh, yeah, man, so in terms of, obviously, uh, uh, catching the concept, he definitely called that shit and just ran with it. So, uh, you know, shout out on that one front. It's a solid album.
0: Well, just before we – because, obviously, he has the three the three solo albums. Uh, he has a bunch of collab albums, man. He's got fucking bunch, shit with Smith & Wesson, bunch Smoke Dizza, Sky Zoo, Camp Low – so I thought just quickly I would talk about, uh, I guess, the problem that I had when this came out, like who the hell is Pete Rock? So I just want to talk about sure. a couple of songs that he produced, but I also want to give you a little bit of his production discography. So I'm just going to just run through this here. Heavy D and the Boys in 89, uh, sorry, 1989. then we've got in 1991, Brand New Being, Kid and Play, Main Source, Heavy D, EPMD, Public Enemy, Dougie Fresh, uh, Redman, House of Pain, Public Enemy Again, Run DMC, DJ, Jazzy Jeff, and the Fresh Prince, Naughty by Nature, Nas, Slick Rick, Drew the Damager, AZ, DazFX, Rakim, Common, Lost Boys, Redman, MOP, Slick Rick, uh, Big L, Rad Digger, Fife, Nature, Buster, Guru, KRS1, Heather B, Heather B, shout out Heather B, I love Heather B, she's amazing, Rock Marquiano, yeah. Jim Jones, Rock and in 04, I did not know Rock Marquiano, Marciano, 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 I always say Marciano, was dropping in 0-4. Uh, Ghostface, Master Killer, Freddie Fox, Keisha Cole, Talib Kweli, Styles Peace, Sky uh, Charles Hamilton, Meth and Red, Raskas, Cormega, Cypress Hill, Corrupt, uh, Jay-Z and Kanye West, obviously, 38 Special in 2012, Robert Glasper, Nori, Mac Wilds, Mr. Fab, D-La Soul, Lox, of course. Westside Gun and Conway in 2018. Flea Lord, Nas, Benny the Butcher, and I'll talk about Benny the Butcher in a second because uh, he was actually shot in the last hour or two, and um, I'll talk about him. Oh, at the right, end, really? But yeah, Fuck. yeah, we'll talk about it at the end. I'll I'll break it down. But um, <laughs> he's also he's almost also remixed for everyone. Like he, I just genuinely like 20 artists, 20. Ma- he's remixed for Johnny Cash, Lady Gaga. Michael Jackson, <laughs> Mary J. Blige. Bro, that's insanity, man. Like, that is genuinely insanity. Like, uh, uh, so so I want to talk, co- like, just quickly about a couple of beats. The first one I want to talk about is The Bitch In You. Um, and I think, think about, like, because it's obviously Common's, uh, Common and Ice Cube, their battle. And this is a classic, classic song. Think about the risk that he took producing this beat because he was heavily around Public Enemy and the Bomb Squad, who were producing a bunch of Ice Cube stuff at that time. Pete Rock said, and verbatim I say, uh, Common was very upset that Cube went at him. I met Common at a radio station, and he was really upset. He said, I need a beat that is official enough to say what i got to say. I already had something, but the drums were different. The drums were weak. Then I took it home and put the steroids in it, and that's what you hear right now. The drums bring out the sample in a hip-hop beat. And he said, he also said, you got to give common respect to for stepping to his business by himself. He burn off his own anger and energy into that song, like the way that he worked with Common on that on that beat. That's a producer. That's not just a beat maker. That's someone who's like, yep. okay, I can feel that energy. I can feel that heat. I can feel that you want to get something out here. I'm gonna go home. He took the beat home. He already had the beat. He's like, this is not going to be enough for him. Especially if you're coming at Cube, who's got the bomb squad behind him. You have to come with fucking... He's basically pitting himself against... Because he knows that Cube can go and got these people on speed dial. He can go and get a beat of, like, top-tier quality to come back. So he's like, this has to be at the pinnacle. And then we get The in You, which is a total fucking classic hip-hop song, man. Like, Common just skates on that. Just went fuck- goes fucking wild on it.
1: I mean... We we I mean we, we did talk about it on the common episode, so not much to say about it. But yeah, nice. Um, on the on the whole, I guess the I really want to peep that uh Johnny Cash remix right now. <laughs> I'm literally just about to look that up right now, honestly, because I don't know what the fuck that is and what that sounds like. Oh my gosh! But, um, and that's another, that's actually something kind of on the side on the side, but like uh, really talk about remixes. Like you know, I I, I hear, yeah, you know, I I. I remixes are really prevalent on like the EDM scene as well and like I feel like I feel like those are much more celebrated than like hip-hop remixes I really you really hear a hip-hop remix actually you know get, gaining traction in in that frame and I, I just I just um and obviously when and when I say remix I mean like producer remix I'm not saying like you know a remix where like someone has added, three artists of note and you know they all drop a verse that's uh, yeah, the and that's not the remix i'm talking about i'm, I'm talking about a literal beat switch kind of remix where like everything like, the whole the whole landscape of the actual song is changed um not just um you know an extra verse um but yeah that's that's, that's kind of fascinating just the just the entire list you gave off is just yeah it's just crazy to think about like it, it clearly there's a workhorse element in that and uh, you know, adding that to what you were talking about with the common diss track and how he's a producer and not just a beat maker it's just all the more uh, it, it gives it gives it gives me personally all the more appreciation for him um just the fact that uh, he can he can just work with everyone and just <laughs> and just produce heat for everyone and not like have any. Uh, I guess uh, biases in in that case, and you know I'm obviously spitballed in there, and I'm not exactly. Maybe he does have biases to some people. I'm not sure, but uh, you know I'm not going to put uh, words in his mouth. But you know, just off the just off the fact that he basically worked with everyone in New York <laughs> of note uh, from fucking late '80s onwards is just absolutely astounded to me. And uh, you know, and he's like like I said, he's still doing it. He's still going, and it's just uh, it's just real cool to see um especially for you know a producer of his caliber to um continually um also evolve which actually kind of brings me into the last thing I wanted to uh uh talk about segment wise is um so obviously he has uh, all the collabs that um you know Ben uh, briefly mentioned um I just wanted to pose Ben a little bit of a challenge and like um well not a challenge but just like a whatever you feel, um, of, like, uh, what's your fate out of, the, out of all the collab albums? Obviously, past Pete Rock and CR Smooth, because obviously that's a bit different. Um, all the collabs after that, uh, what do you consider
0: your favourite out of them? That's a good question. Just before, I want you to go listen to the Folsom Prison Blues Pete Rock remix, because it is a fucking slap. It's like it is. False. It is. Imprisoned. Folsom. Imp- have you ever listened to Folsom Prison before? Folsom Prison Blues. It's a classic uh, uh, storytelling liked- Johnny Cash song. Wait till you hear this. This the beat kicks in. Oh, it's a slap! It's crazy. I don't know how. Sorry, I was just listening to it. Then I don't know how the fuck you <laughs> did that, man. It's wild. Anyway, while you listen to that, I'll talk about my favorite. Um, so it's gonna be uh, Don't Smoke Rock. We smoked DZA. Now, Don't Smoke Rock is pretty indicative of where Pete Rock was at the time. I forget who he went at. He went at someone for doing cocaine or rappers who do cocaine. Um, And it was all tied into this whole Little Yachty thing where uh, he kind of went at Little Yachty because... You know, Yodi, he, he said, he, like Pete Rock said, I'm tired of people taking this culture for a joke. I'm passionate about music and good lyrics, but I don't fuck with people who just don't, you know, don't do their due diligence, basically. Um,. So yeah, it makes sense that he would have an album called "Don't Smoke Rock." He obviously grew up in the '80s, and we've done stuff on that before. And I've done quite a lot of research into the way that uh, references to drugs change throughout hip hop history. Even during you know the '80s, it was very anti cocaine, anti crack. It was just very anti doing drugs. If you did drugs, you were just you were, you're were a bit of a loser. You're a bit of an idiot. You were a lame. You were considered tweaking. You know, and then, obviously, uh, it's 2016, I think, this album came out. And by that stage, consumption culture had fully taken over hip-hop. You know, it was genuinely... DS2 had come out, Buy a Future. Uh, there was a <laughs> rapper from uh, New Orleans. Um, I forget his name, but he dropped a lot of music about Lean, like, 08, 07. Mm. Um, and, obviously, like, there was just this... Why didn't you pick up on that, man? I'm trying to shit on Little Wayne. You didn't pick up on that. I needed I needed you to, you know, <laughs> to pick up the alley that to... I threw the ball up and you I did, just I didn't know let it what I didn't know behind. what I
1: didn't know where you were at. I didn't know whether you wanted me to That's dance. all right. <laughs> <Okay>. We'll work on
0: <laughs> Don't worry, we'll work right, on I don't this. We'll work on this on the training ground behind the closed doors we'll we'll sort this shit out. But no Okay. But no no no, like this is fire. This whole project's fire. And the thing about it is when I first started listening to it, um uh, I was listening to it on Spotify. I did not know it was a collab album with Smoke Dizzle. I just thought. And then I'm listening to it, and like Smoke Dizzle's on every song. I'm like, holy shit. Like, he's really like skating on all these beats. The, the feature list is just insane. Obviously, Davies, Royce, Cameron, BJ the Chicago Kid, Jada Kiss, Styles P, Wale. That song really threw me off when Show Off came on. I was like, whoa, what the fuck is this? But it sounds so good. Uh, Big Crits on here. And then the final one, I I texted Charlie about this because, like, I didn't expect this to happen. But then it's so weird just listening to uh, an album and then a Mac Miller verse comes on. And you're just like, and the thing is with Mac Miller verse is you can pinpoint the year that it came out or, like, within a two year period based on his content and based on the way he's delivering it. And, like, it just felt like a 2016 Mac Miller verse. and he closes it with that. And I think, yeah, I think it was actually pretty, pretty poetic that he, he closes an album, you know, with, with this Mac Miller verse, even though it's it's probably one of his more inane verses. Um, yeah, man, I just love this. I actually really like this project. I would just put it just below New York's finest for me in terms of, apart from obviously Pete Rock and CL Smooth Joints. Yeah. But um, yeah, man, great project.
1: Okay, fair enough. Um. I'll go. Uh, I'll go with an instrumental album, and I'll shout out *Pea Instrumentals* because uh, that's just the, the hip hop instrumental uh, album for me personally. Like, I, I, I love this album. Like for me, this is like donuts level, um, uh, ter- as as far as like hip hop instrumental albums go. Um, you know, there's a couple of there's a couple of features in here. CL moves on here. Uh, Freddie Fox is on one. Uh, but there's, and there's like one or two more uh, by the UN. But um, literally, apart from that, it's just pure hip hop instrumentals. And uh, obviously, you can get P Rock instrumentals everywhere. <laughs> um, uh, he has one. He has one for Soul Survivor. He has one for Mys uh, Finest. Uh, he has one for. Uh, he has a P Instrumentals 2. He has Return the SP 1200. Um, he has Don't Smoke Rock instrumentals. AE Blocks and Tiffany's instrumentals. So like you know, you can get all the instrumentals you want from him. Um, and you know and have a have a field day, um, but I, I Just there's just something about this one. There's just something about this one in particular that just has that That uh, just has that prime feel that just every track just comes off just so nicely You just pop it on your phone in the background, and it's just sets the mood so expertly and uh, there's not many people that can do that with just absolute ease uh, but Peace Instrumentals is one of those albums for me. Like I rarely listen to hip hop instrumental albums, um, but Peace Instrumentals is definitely one of those where I just I just have to listen to it. And uh, you know, shout out Instrumentals to too as well. It's a solid album as well. But the first one just no, there's nothing like the first one, bro. Nothing. There's nothing like the first one. And that's uh, obviously a a a uh, 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 what's the word, what's the word um uh, uh, a a word a word on life in general, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, man. Shout out to Pete Uh I don't, I don't know if you want to finish, yeah, but um, I, I kind of just want you to talk as, as I uh, listen to this folks in Prison Blues <laughs> uh, It's fucking fire, man. I'll put it on, on, put it on live if you, if you guys want. <laughs> yeah,
0: do it. Can, do it. Uh, I, wanna, I, wanna, I you, want I want people finish to hear me. this at finish the same time. Me. No, I just right, I don't have much to say right, except like I think we... Yeah, do it. Do it.
1: Alright, okay. alright, let, let, right, let, let me do some live reaction cause I would, Is this it? Here we go Yeah Have
0: oh, I got it? I hear the train of Damn man It's, it's hitting the <laughs> and I seen the This is I don't
1: a I I on. On. Why is that knock so hard? <laughs> Dragging on that
0: knocks so hard. Oh, that's oh. actually heat. <laughs> I know, bro. That's actually and so heat. I grew heat. up on Johnny oh Cash. Gosh. I've never heard that shit before. That's wild, man. Hey? Like, I grew up on Johnny Cash. Folsom Prison Blues is a classic. And he's just like flipped it. Because it's such like a... It's not a dry song originally, but it's like... You know it's johnny cash carries his music with his vocals like but this just sure. like i don't know just yeah. somehow the guitar, yeah. this guy's pete rock's a legend pete rock's a fucking legend man like he, he's a genuine <laughs> There's there's no when he's if he's gonna remix something he's gonna do it properly it's not gonna be a mashup. it's not gonna be like oh yeah it's kind of mid it's gonna be fire man like and that's just pete rock everything he does like, i'll probably end on this like everything he does just top tier quality huge respect for him just the person who is all about the music is all about pushing the genre forward, and not just the genre, but the culture. Like I want that to be an important part yep. too, because you know that the the stuff with Yotti, people were shitting on him, but it makes perfect sense. Like he just wants, he, and it wasn't so much that he was shitting on mumble rap. He was shitting on the fact that mumble rappers, probably around this time, like I think Kodak Black was saying some dumb shit as well about. Uh, someone mm-hmm. uh, I forget. Matt, I I I'm sorry if I'm wrong about that. By the way, I could be wrong, but I think I remember him disrespecting Park or someone. And and to to me, like going over uh, Pete Rock's history, that's the height of disrespect. Like he's not gonna accept that you don't know uh five two puck songs, or you think Biggie's overrated, or you don't know about anything pre two thousand. You know, he's not gonna understand that because. To him, that's what he grew up on and he saw the culture evolve from you know, being just about uh, pushing things forward and talking about black struggle into the mainstream and he actively rejected the mainstream. So he, it just seems natural to me that anyone who accepts the mainstream at the detriment of the culture he's going to be against yep. and uh, I think that's what he saw in that and I think that has underpinned everything his whole career and so if these artists if you're seeing an artist pop up on a Pete Rock album that's that's a respectful artist that's someone yep. that you can say and there's not many there's not many people you could say that about there's not many people you could say if they're on this person's album then this person respects the culture, and this person is like got a lot of trust capital in the industry. But for anyone on a Pete Rock album, yeah, man. If you're not on a Pete Rock album, well, kind of know why, you know. So shout out to Pete Rock. <laughs> yeah, and um, you know, on the note, on the you
1: know, mind the note on that. Um, I remember talking about that on one of my articles back in the like, well, back in the day, a like, few years ago when it actually happened. And obviously there, there was um, there was a waka flocka um mention uh as well. He said something around that time. And there was just like a lot of shit going around at that point. It Was just like, why is everyone just talking so much? Um, but you know, if if vocalists learn do re mi, I feel like you know, I feel like it's worth you guys, uh, artists, hip hop artists, knowing what the breaks is. Is that so? Uh, is that much to ask? I don't, I don't. think it's hard. I don't think it's much to ask. But you know, it is what it is. You know, people people go where they go. Um, but yeah, I think to finish off, like if you if you if you if you want any testament to how good P. Rock is, he made a Johnny Cash song hip hop. Like, what else? What more do you need? <laughs> like, what fucking more do you need, bro? He made Johnny Cash lit, like <laughs> in the in the in the hip hop sense. It's just not many people have done that. So you know, shout, shout out to P. Rock. Top five, D.O.A. Standard procedure. And we're heading to a lighter note. So, uh, Benny wants to talk about Benny because I literally, as soon as
0: you said that, I was just like, what? Sorry, what?
1: <laughs> when did that happen?
0: Fill me in. Yeah. Yeah, it happened right at the start. It happened right at the start of the podcast, actually. I didn't, um, I thought we'd leave it till the end because he was shot in the leg. Uh, apparently, he was in a Houston or outside of Houston Walmart with people and uh I think five people apparently pulled up on them and um, tried to rob them. Mm. And apparently, I don't know the full details, but they were cooperating. Benny and his crew were cooperating, but they were taking too long. And so this group opened fire into their car and Benny was shot in the leg and no one really knows what state he is in at the moment. Um, I think if he were in a terrible state, then uh, we'd probably know about it but um mm. it's been a bad week in terms of shootings obviously uh you know Boosie was shot the other day mo3 was killed um king von was killed not long ago like yeah. yeah shit is just um you know you know like uh probably about a year ago what i used to do with hip hop numbers was i'd wake up at like 2 or 3 in the morning tweet and then go back to sleep immediately. Because I wake up a lot because of the meds I take. I just wake up, go to the bathroom, have a drink, go back to sleep, probably wake up like every 90 minutes. So like one of those times I would just wake up and do it. And a couple of times I woke up, posted something random, and then go back to sleep for three hours and I'd wake up again and like a rapper had been shot or you know, it happened when Juice World passed and i would have just posted something completely random and everyone would have been like that's mad disrespectful and i realized at that moment that i had to check the news before i posted every morning because anything could have happened overnight you, there's no other genre where you have to do that there's no other genre where you're like better make sure a pop star hasn't been shot and killed and it's just it's it's devastating man it's really hard to watch from afar without you know being i guess the thing with the benny thing is that, that really hurts is like it's clear that he was trying to evade that kind of situation. Like, he'd obviously been through this for so many years. You know, he'd been in prison, um, he'd been in these situations. And burden of proof was there's a lot of similarities between burden of proof and reasonable doubt. And I'm not sure how uh, cognizant he is of that. Like, this could have been a genuine technique of him. Obviously, burden of proof, reasonable doubt, these are both legal terms that are used in courtrooms. Reasonable doubt, the first song on that, can't knock the hustle was actually not about um, about hustling it wasn't about selling cocaine or crack or anything like that yeah it's a great song right you know what it is it's that Jay-Z got uh, was criticized heavily by the people in his circle who were hustlers when he was trying to become a rapper because he said in Decoded that uh, rappers were like <laughs> Charlie's just doing some Mary J Blige in the background <laughs> over the top of me hey man shout um, to Mary J no like Shout out to Mary J. No, no, no. Like, um, yeah. So Jay Z was criticized by hustlers for wanting to become a rapper because he said that hustlers saw rappers as kind of lame. Like they weren't getting as much money as hustlers. They were, you know, they they weren't cool. And I feel like with burden of proof, Benny was heading in that same direction of like, no, no, no. Now I'm stepping out. And he on that album, on this album, he's actually quite. I wouldn't say insecure, but he's very aware of the fact that people don't want him to step outside of his comfort zone which is their comfort zone with him they like him here like hearing him rap about selling drugs about being in prison about you know all this stuff and he doesn't necessarily want to be limited to that anymore and this is not a criticism of of anyone who raps that way or lives that way anything like that you know this is not me saying and I, you're going to hear a lot of people on twitter being like oh what do we do about hip hop how do we change this this is terrible it's like You can't just change it right now. You can't just say uh, rappers have to stop getting shot. Black people have to stop shooting each other. You're talking about systemic change that needs to happen at, like, every fucking level to pull these people out of poverty where they don't feel the need. It's not that Benny is a rapper. It's not that Benny is black. It's not any of these reasons. It's because Benny is rich and someone is trying to rob him and take that money because they're in poverty, most likely. That's what it's been in the other cases. That's what it was with with Pop Smoke. That's what it was with XXX. Like these rappers see someone, they've struggled their whole life. They're like, no, I want that. So they go and take it in the only way that they know how. Like it's not, it's not about. I don't know. There's going to be all these conflated arguments talking about how it's crazy that rappers are getting shot. It's not that crazy, man. It's just fucking sad. It's just very sad, and it's very challenging to see. And it's it's challenging more so than zooming right in and saying it's sad that Benny got shot. It's sad that King Von was killed. It's sad that this happened. It's, it. if you zoom out, it's not just sad, man. It's fucking traumatic and tragic. The whole system, the whole fact that this is even happening is fucking tragic. And that's the problem. Like This is just the tip of the iceberg. You're only seeing the tip of the iceberg when you go down below the surface. It's fucking 400 years of bullshit that black people have had to endure that we're getting to this point you know and so we can't just cut the top off the iceberg and expect it to never surface again that's not going to happen man we've got to address everything that's happening underneath it and that starts with this is so many different ways we've had this conversation before but like yeah i just wanted to make that point like it's not this is just this is just one example of of a whole bunch of horrible shit that's going on like this is just your this is probably all you're gonna be exposed to is these rappers getting killed as or rappers getting shot. Uh let's pray that Benny's okay and that this is just, you know, not not terrible for him and, you know, not like life ending or life changing or anything like that. But like, yeah, this is just the tip of the icebergs, a whole bunch of shit. Please do some research and zoom out a little bit and work out why this is happening, because there's plenty of information out there as to help you understand how sad this truly is and how this isn't just uh, the fault of rappers or the fault of black on black violence, like it's way fucking deeper than that. Please don't hit us with that bullshit argument. I'm so fed up with hearing that.
1: Okay, um, I was I was really long. I didn't really I didn't really see that comment to be honest. In terms of just like how, what what you, I didn't see how, how it either, deep went into that. You went like, into like, you went, I, you went yeah. back there. bag no, the. I respect that man. I respect that honestly. Like everything you said, um, you know, so it's it's, it's very simply it It comes off very simple, um but for some reason, there's just a blindness there that's just like uh i i don't know it's, it's just it's just a it's just, it is is simply a blindness and it's a and i'd and i and i'd add on to that, and I'd say a um a willful blindness, you know what i mean, it's just like, mm, oh, I didn't know yes. that was there, didn't know that yes. existed, and then just and then they just walk off, you know. <laughs> You know what I mean, yeah. oh, that's crazy. Walks off. Just it, it nothing. Do nothing about it. It's just like, raw. Really, raw. All right, let me continue on my life. It's it's just, it's just how it goes sometimes. Just, uh, most of the time, it's um you know it's exhausting. Um, but it is, it is what it is Uh, but yeah, man, I can't I can't imp- I can't improve on what you just said. Honestly, that was uh I was really impressed and I really respect it So shout out to you on that one. That's uh that's real good. Um. Shout out to Benny. Hopefully, hopefully, it's not um, uh, obviously it's, uh, not uh, just a flesh wound, not anything to uh, uh, to permanent. Uh, but yeah, man. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see how that goes in the coming uh, hours and days. Uh, but for now, we'll leave it at that, uh, ladies and gentlemen, from the Fifth Element Podcast Network. It's been digging digits. you enjoyed this episode. I've been Chaya Taylor of the
0: Fifth Element. I've been Karo. Few pop numbers.
1: I so hope you all have a good week. We always try and do the same. But until the next time, take it easy ladies and gentlemen. Alright, peace. Digging in the digits is produced by me and Ben Carter. The show is edited by me. Music for the show is Peace Midi games, Bones points. Thanks a Joe breakers for the ability to use socials for fulfillment hip-hop by numbers bonus points and Chill records will be in a full show notes for you're listening this has been a fifth and podcast network and hip-hop by numbers collaboration thanks for spending the time with us We to see you next time or digging in the digits